Welcome to today's devotion. We're looking at 2 Timothy chapter 3, which means uh, tomorrow, Lord willing, we will finish uh, the book of 2 Timothy. So uh, in two-week period, we've done 1 and 2 Timothy, uh, a total of 10 chapters. Um, and uh, so again, the New Testament is uh, easily accessible and not overwhelming. Um, but again, Paul is uh, warning and encouraging Timothy um, in this letter. On the one hand, he says, look, ministry isn't going to be easy. Um, it's going to be difficult. You're going to deal with difficult people. You're going to deal with rebellious people. Uh, you must fulfill your calling as a minister. Uh, and remind us Christians that uh, when you embrace Christianity, it doesn't mean all your problems go away. Uh, but rather, we, we, we must... Um, we must persevere, we must endure, and we must do so uh, with faithfulness. But also he has a lot to say about the importance of, of God's Word. Let's start in verse 1. It says, Understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, uh, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness, but deny its power, avoid such people. Um, which so so many people like to point out that in the last days, uh, this 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 is what the world will look like. Now let's be honest, the world has always looked like this, um, and and one could rightly say, quoting scripture, that. Um, from the ascension of Christ to the return of Christ is the last days. So John will say, for example, brothers, we are in the last days. So, so there is a reality that we've always been in the last days, anticipating the last days. But then there is the, the hope that we are actually nearing the end when Christ will return. Uh, no doubt, I hope that happens before early November uh, and, and the election, right? Let's just maybe get trick-or-treat in, have one more good day, and then you know, Jesus return. I, I, I don't know uh, what your thoughts are. Uh, but you can see here uh, that this describes um, the human heart as applied to human society. That when people reject Christ, this is what comes out of it. It doesn't matter if, if there's another religion that is dominant or if it is secularism like ours today. This describes certainly our age. I mean, lovers of self. Ever heard of a selfie people? Right? Uh, lovers of self, lovers of money. I mean, again, that just describes us to a T. Proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable. All of these describes modern culture. And and what is so striking to me is how culture feeds that and sees it as being a good thing. And then is surprised whenever people continue to suffer and that things continue to decay and that uh, we, we are literally shooting each other in the streets. Uh, and we wonder, how in the world could, could this have, have, have happened? It is all because we've got the fundamentals wrong. Who we are, what is wrong with the world, what is the solution, where is all this going? The basic fundamental questions of worldview, we get them wrong and as a result uh, we, we look like this. Um, and, and so Paul is warning Timothy that because this describes human culture, it is imperative that you recognize that uh, and realize the great need of the gospel. And then I, I like this, uh, he, he keeps describing them. We, we just came to a hard pause, but if you go down to verse, in the verse 6, he'll, he'll describe uh, this culture as one led astray by various passions. That clearly describes us. Uh, but then I love this, this language, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. I love that. Uh, 
because that really describes us today. Uh, the, the amount of, of new discoveries and knowledge uh, increases dramatically uh, about every decade or so, and yet we move farther away from the truth. Remember that in the Bible, knowledge and wisdom are not the same thing. Knowledge and discernment are not the same thing. One can know a lot of things, read a lot of books, have all the degrees, but still be a complete bumbling fool. If you don't believe that, you, you should watch, well, I say with tongue-in-cheek, watch more 24-hour news, but you should probably just stop doing that, period, right? Um, we live in an age that presumes if you have the credentials, you must have the wisdom. And what we often find is, is actually the, the opposite. Um, increasing in knowledge, but never arriving at the truth. Boy, that, that, that just sticks out to me. I don't know about you, uh, but I think it is, is worth highlighting. Well, if we can go down to verse 10... Paul writes, You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings. Uh, and he, he mentions Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra. Whenever we go through Acts, we'll see all three of those. Um, he, he says, verse 12, Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. Okay. So this is all a warning. But, but what is worth highlighting here in verse 10 is how Paul says, I've lived a life pursuing Christ. You've watched that up close. So he mentions his conduct, teaching, aim in life, faith, patience, love, steadfastness, persecution and sufferings. Hey, those, those eight things. And he says, look, that was an example to you, an imperfect example, no doubt, but an example to you for you to follow. And I, every time I see something like this in the Bible, and it's throughout the Bible, you'll see stuff like this. I can't help but think, how many Christians today would be willing to say the same thing? What we've done as Christians is we'll say, well, no one's perfect, so don't look to me as an example. You're not going to find that in the New Testament. The thinking was that you pursue Christ with so much of your being that you become an example and you're expected to be an example. Look, if, if you want to reach our city for Christ, do evangelism by means of discipleship. Take discipleship seriously. That's the Great Commission. Go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. The problem is a lot of Christians are content with less than. We're content with, well, you know, I've still got to work on things. No, no, no. Let's just be clear. You're expected to act like a Christian and to be example to those who, who, who are non-believers or new believers. So, so can we stop with the um, 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 modified sanctification uh, that is content with, with not being good enough? No, no, no. Step up to the plate and be able to write what Paul says here. Um, you have seen how I carry myself, how I pursue Christ. May you do the same. Um, expect greater things from yourself when it comes to your faith. And stop settling for the mediocre. Um, but uh, the, the most recognizable verse in, uh, two verses actually, in, in this entire chapter comes at the very end, verses 16 to 17, which will bleed into what he says in chapter 4 about preaching the word. Um, but we'll, we'll see it here. It says, All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be completely equipped for every good work. Now, uh, different translations take a different philosophy, and this is a good verse to sort of see how that philosophy comes, comes out. Um, 
what Paul says here is is demonstrated in the ESV, but in demonstrating that, it may lose some of its theological uh, power. So, so uh, what you'll find, I think the NIV and others will say, uh, all Scripture is inspired by God. Um, it actually should be expired. Inspired means you, you breathe in. Expired means you breathe out. But nevertheless, um, all Scripture is inspired by God. That's theological language that we, we have a grasp of what that means. But what Paul actually says, uh, meaning inspiration, is all Scripture is God-breathed. And so what the ESV does is to, because we don't talk like that, uh, they say all Scripture is breathed out by God. Uh, right, and, and the and the, the understanding is that when we read God's word, what we are experiencing is both uh, the words of man, in that it reflects culture, personalities, uh, context, all of that. So when you read David, uh, it it reads very differently than Paul. Uh, when when you read Moses, it reads very differently than Daniel, or Peter, or Matthew, uh, or Ezekiel. Right? Uh, the personality of the authors always come come out. But at the same time, we understand that. God, through His Spirit, inspired and and produced Scripture. We believe both are true. And so here, the context is, is important. He says, look, this is the reality of the world you're going to minister in. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be full of a lot of challenges, and you will suffer because of it. But do not forget that you have in your possession the Word of God. And it is breathed out by God. It is inspired by God. And it is profitable. What is it profitable for? He tells us it's profitable for teaching. So we should teach the Bible. It's profitable for reproof. So we should reproof with the Bible. Uh, we should. It is profitable for correction. We should correct with the Bible. It is profitable for training in righteousness. So we should train in righteousness with the Bible. All of that comes to the conclusion that when the Bible is used and, and submitted to and, and applied, uh, the man of God becomes complete and equipped for every good work. And one of the things I find a lot of Christians do is, is they're intimidated by the size of the Bible, by, by the language of the Bible, and frankly just spiritual laziness, that they think they can bypass the Bible and f- be a good Christian. So what we do is we'll shrink the Bible into little nuggets, right? And it's, isn't even Bible, it's just... Some guy said this quote, and that inspired me, so that's my devotion for the day. Or we, we, we will believe whatever it is we see on TV or whatever it is we find on the Internet. And so, so as a result, the, the voices that we are hearing aren't God's voice. It's man's voice. And so we think we can bypass the Bible and find uh, sanctification and spiritual truth, and we discover the opposite. Look, you cannot spend your time better, particularly in, in this year of pandemic, than to engage with the Word of God. That's why we started the devotions in March whenever all of this started. So we're, we're about halfway through the New Testament right now, a little over halfway. Um, and so if you've trekked with us, then, then you have spent some of 2020 engaging Scripture. Stick with us right the rest of the way, because chances are we'll, we'll be done with the Old Testament for all this stuff is, is uh, over with. Um, but you cannot grow as a Christian without the Word of God. It's as simple as that. And you will not endure these troubling times without engaging and being saturated with the Word of God. Hope to see you guys here tomorrow.